This Larry the Cable Guy, Robbie Gold, and Kevin Millar edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. Get Mountain Cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it run and get her done. Everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan. Real money, Kramer. What's happening, Kram? Dog. Oh well, uh, I'm big. You're a little bit smaller on the screen. YouTube.com/slash sports gambling podcast. But Sean, we are here to uh, talk about a lot of things. Yes, we have a uh, a <laughs> interview based episode talking with a bunch of guys, all promoting the Club Corp Classic this weekend on the Golf Channel Friday to Sunday. Bunch of celebrities, bunch of former athletes and current athletes, and uh, yeah, we got Larry the Cable Guy, awesome arm wrestling story. Definitely want to hear that. Uh, Robbie Gold, great interview. Even though I enraged him at one point, and then uh, Kevin Millar with a bunch of uh, great uh, nuggets from his time with the Red Sox and a couple other. Uh, yeah, he, he had a ton of good stuff. So awesome interviews. Make sure you guys, uh, you know, check them all out. And if you're getting down on this week's action, of course, NBA, MLB. They even got some USFL lines that post uh, right before kick. So get down on that. Win bet, of course. Download that win betting app. Bet ten dollars, win two hundred dollars in free bets. Hundred thousand dollar deposit, or sorry, hundred percent deposit bonus up to one thousand dollars. Their sweet same game parlay feature, aka build your own bet. And again, they have some sweet parlay boosts. Anytime you uh, get down on a parlay, you spin a wheel. It's it's invigorating. The rush is real. Highly recommend get down on the parlays. I cashed one of their uh, suggested same game parlays that they give you a little odds boost for. Just got down on a three a team baseball parlay, Ryan. Baseball Sean is back. And of course, uh, download that win betting app. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Before we get to the interviews, uh, draft week is right around the corner. We're going to be doing a bunch of awesome live shows, celebrity guests, getting you ready for the NFL draft starting Wednesday. We will be live in Las Vegas, Blue Wire Studios. It's going to be awesome. Highly recommend uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you catch all the episodes live. 
youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast, but we got an extra draft day bonus NFL prop draft day lock brought to you by Coors light. Every day can be draft day. When you're enjoying mountain cold refreshment that that's made to chill, just go to coorslight.com slash SGP to get yours delivered today. Ryan, it is uh, becoming pretty obvious from the chatter, from the shifting odds that Desmond Ritter to be a first round pick at minus one twenty feels like a great bet. Uh, I mean, I think we're we're seeing the the true smoke. I think we were the one of the first outlets to tell you go grab over three and a half quarterbacks in the yep. first round. Definitely grab over two and a half. We've seen threes out there. And it had to be Corral or Ritter, one of these guys. It sounds like it could be both a uh, Ritter now being tied to the Saints potentially, the Titans, the Lions if they come back in, uh, or I'm sorry, with their second pick. It, it seems more and more likely that this is a lead pipe lock, and the fact that we can still get this price at minus one twenty, uh, it seems crazy. I think, like again, I I know I've been touting what where the prices are going to go. I've been right more than I've been wrong. Uh, Drake London somehow letting me down. Uh, but boy, does it seem like this is going to be a heavy minus 200 bet by, by the time we're, we're on Thursday night. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not a great quarterback class that does not stop teams from no. selecting a quarterback in the first round, get that extra year of control on the contract. And wouldn't be surprised if a couple teams trade up towards the end of the first round and sneak in a Desmond Ritter. If he, if he falls towards the bottom of the first round. So I've also seen over under draft position at 29 and a half. So I would make sure you find that uh, Desmond Ritter goes in the first round, because I think there is a chance he could go 30, 31 yeah. or 32. So find that Desmond Ritter uh, to be drafted in the first round, get the best uh, price you can there. But yeah, Desmond Ritter feels like a first round pick. And I think a lot of his uh, game tape will be, uh, you know, NFL scouts will be on board. And I would say like highly specific if, if he's still out there and it's getting near that, that point in the draft where the chiefs have a couple picks, look for someone to come up, grab him with that fifth year of control. 100%. And remember, whatever draft day you're celebrating, remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Joining us on the line, stand up comedian and celebrity golfer. You can see him at the Club Corp Classic this weekend on the Golf Channel, Larry the Cable. Well, uh, we're going to turkey hunt afterwards. So. <laughs> I don't know what else we'll do, but <laughs> um, you know, these things, I always, uh, I always try to improve every time I do them. Um, I always play really good in these programs. And then once Friday starts, it's all downhill. So now, what, what do you, what do you think happens on Friday that you start to unravel as far as you're going? Now, last time we had you on, we were talking American century championship. You got 69th place. Uh, so congrats on that. You beat out a number of comedians, including Ray, including Ray Romano. So I, I feel like as a comic, the number one goal is to beat out the other comedians, right? Well, that's the thing. I want to get uh, higher and higher in the deal. I started out dead last with Charles <laughs> and then, uh, then I beat Charles and Kevin Nealon. Then I think I beat Charles, Kevin Nealon, and then two late additions that, uh, came in later that didn't even golf. <laughs> <laughs> they just showed up. Right. And then no, so it's getting better every year, but you definitely want to beat the other comedians. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they obviously, you know, you're going to get your chops busted if you don't beat them out. 
Uh, we also talked uh, Nebraska football last season when we had you on Nebraska, they felt like they were close in a bunch of games, kind of disappointing season. What are you looking forward to in 2020? I know Scott Frost is back. What's, what's the goal for Nebraska football? Well, the goal is to win eight games, go to a bowl game. Oh yeah. Seven games, go to a bowl game. We're getting, look, poor Scott. I feel bad for him. You know, it's not like he's had yeah, 2020 and then, you know, you're, you had to clean house from the other coach and all the stuff that was left over from that. And I think that he's hired Whipple. I think Whipple's pretty good. They got the talent. I mean, you saw last year we were, you know, what, four or five points. We were, we were just, we were a possession away from winning every game last year. So we just did stupid things in the fourth quarter. So if they can rectify that, I know the line's bigger. We saw the spring game lines, definitely a lot bigger. They're getting some pretty good push. I sound like a coach. I'm not even a coach. <laughs> you got all the uh, coach speak down. You know, we're turning the corner as a program really like what we're building. I got some new guys coming in the transfer portal. This is our year. <laughs> it's all about looking in the windshield right now, right? We're looking forward. And honestly, you kind of sound like myself a couple years ago as a Virginia Tech fan trying to talk yourself into the excitement around what Fuente brought to me and the and the Hokey fan base. Feels like Scott Foster a little bit of the same thing. Off season, we got the hype, we're excited. Is he going to do it this year though? Are are we getting there cuz a bowl game sounds fun, but I also don't want you to be disappointed at the end of the season. I think we will look. It's almost like I got a coach's notes right here. I'm like, well, <laughs> we got some, bro. We're going to work these out. We just practice harder, and we'll get things. That's what I feel like. But I, you know, me personally, uh, as a fan, I long so much. I mean, I don't know how many times I've worn out all my 1990s CDs. You know, I go home after the regular, and then pop in a game that was, you know, who did we play last year at this time? Pop that CD in. <laughs> just relive the glory days. Get all the Tommy yeah. Frazier going. But look, we lost those a uh, couple of those guys on defense. I think they're replacing them pretty well. Uh, I th- I think we're going to be fine. I really do. I uh, uh, I will improve on next year. Uh, do I f- uh, feasibly think eight games is a possible? Yes, I do. So uh, as a fan. I'm thinking we can win eight and go to a bowl game. Uh, I don't think we're there yet to go into Ann Arbor and beat Michigan. I don't, even though we almost beat Michigan last year. Yeah, uh, you guys hung around. You you had a lot of close losses, which I think was frustrating, especially as someone who bet the over on the Nebraska <laughs> win total, uh, which I probably will do again this year because I'm guessing the number. Ryan, what do you think the number on the Nebraska win total would be at? It won't. It will be lower than eight. So I think Larry is telling <laughs> us we need to take the over. Yeah, I think it'll be lower than eight too. But I really think we just watch them in practice and and hearing them talk and seeing who we got coming in. I think we can hit eight. I really do. So I don't, I, you know, it was really funny. Scott always plays in my golf tournament. I got a golf tournament there in Lincoln, Nebraska. He always plays in it. Scott's a buddy of mine. And, but I always roast all my celebrities. And so last year he came and I said, Scott, we love you here at Lincoln. You know, I love you. Do me a favor. We don't you ever, no matter what they say, don't you ever stop coaching at Nebraska. Like you did last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, 
Oh no! Call I hope him, he took call it well. out. Hey, you know you don't want to you want, you don't want your uh, chops busted. You gotta you gotta get you gotta hit the over on the win total. Now we've been talking a lot of college football. Obviously, the transfer portal is huge. A lot of times, these kids make the switch because of some enticing NIL deal that brings them to the school. I know you're a big uh, backer of the Nebraska football program. You also have a premium drink mix that you're selling now on Amazon, the Bloody Larry. Any chance you can get some big guys from the transfer portal as part of a, a bloody Larry NIL deal. Uh, I'll tell you what, that bloody Larry mix is fantastic. I, I actually, that is endorsed, uh, not officially, but it is endorsed by a sorority in, uh, Lincoln. I had a girl come up to me. Where was I? Oh yeah. I was getting another tooth put in up at the dentist. <laughs> well, and- now that sounds like a bloody Larry. And the girl came over. She caught me outside. She goes, I just want to let you know your bloody Larry mix is fantastic. And it's the only bloody Mary mix that we use at the sorority. And she said the name of it. I don't remember what it is, but anyway, it's a big hit with the sorority girls. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. No sorority girls. I'm sure it's uh, you know, I'm sure it's great fire. Bloody Mary's go great golfing. Is that, it, it sounds appetizing too. the bloody Larry. Come on. I know it is weird. One of those things, bloody Mary doesn't scare me away, but bloody Larry is, is something interesting visually. <laughs> hey, you, um, you know what, while we were uh, looking up some nuggets for you to uh, talk about uh, my co-host found this one and I don't know how we didn't ask you last time, but walk us through this. You were at a Nebraska game in 2016, hanging out uh, in the box. Someone try challenge you to an arm wrestling match. Is that true? Dude, Yeah. Did you see that on the internet? I won't, yeah. I won't ever arm wrestle again. I'm done arm wrestling because it freaks me out every time I, re- so this guy comes out to me. I always have a uh, six national guardsmen. I leave six seats open. So six guard guys can come up and watch a game every week. And this guy comes up to me at halftime and he's like, uh, Hey Larry, you mind if I arm wrestle you and video it for my dad? He, he loves you. I'm like, yeah, I guess, I guess I go, what arm? I mean, I'm left-handed. What arm you want to use? And he takes his shirt off and he flexes. And that guy didn't have an ounce of body fat on him. No, he was probably only about five foot nine. But this dude was put together. And anyway, then he flexes and he goes, "Pick an arm, brother." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And my wife gives me that look, like, "Dude, you're gonna get this guy's gonna kill you." <laughs> Get in the whole thing. I got my little boy starting us off. So my little boy's got his hands on there. We start and and I'm like going, is this guy holding back or am I like, you know, am I like country fat strong here all of a sudden? Because I, I knew he's, he's got to be toying with me because he's just staring straight at me. He's not making a face. He's not, he's just, and I'm going hard and he's not straight. And I go, man, in any second, this guy's going to put me down. So you know how you always have that you're about out of you're like okay I can't go anymore. She so just give that one little last breath. Yeah. Okay, and this is it. So I do that, and literally, this is what I hear. I hear a pop like that, and his arm, his arm wilts, and I go, dude, was that your arm? And he, <laughs> and you can see his face is white as it turns white, oh. and he goes, yeah, I think so, and I go. Oh 
this, you broke your arm. And then all of a sudden I saw his eyes and fortunately my buddy was, there, who was a doctor. And I said, Bobby, come here. I think he broke his arm. And he comes over and he goes, Hey, where'd he, he goes, you late? Well, let's lay you down. Let's lay you down. Now the guy's about to pass out. Let's oh lay- my God. I'm not kidding. It was the craziest thing. And you could hear it in the whole thing. It was loud. You could hear it pop. But the funny thing about it was, so now he's on the ground. He's in my sweet box as a guest. So Larry, the cable guy breaks his arm. While the- <laughs> and as, as he's on the ground, trying to, and my doctor's there, Mike Rogier walks in the door and he goes, Hey Larry, I haven't seen you. What the <laughs> He got some guy laying about to pass out from a broken arm. Oh he, man. He gets him some ice and then all American Tony Davis that used to run for us back in 78. And the <laughs> Tony Davis comes walking in. So this guy, I break his arm. He's got an all American and a Heisman trophy winner for nice. <laughs> He's meeting all these favorite, you know, these famed Nebraska football players can't even shake their hand because he's got a broken arm from trying to challenge Sean, Larry the Cable Guy. Sean, we have to note this: where uh, they go hard in Nebraska, we'll factor this into the win total <laughs> handicap. Yeah. Oh my God, that is an amazing story, and that's a great story for that other guy because if you're going to break your arm, you know, what, falling out of a tree or some, you know, tractor accident, but to break your arm, losing to Larry the Cable Guy in arm wrestling, that's, oh that's a hell of a story. Really? And he asked me if he could put it on uh, social media, and I said, "Yeah, do what you want." <laughs> it's probably going to get a lot of views, and I, it's probably what's it got? Eight something million views, six million. Oh yeah. Yeah, we got to uh, make sure we'll, when we post the episode, we'll include a link because uh, it is uh, it is amazing to see you uh, just just <laughs> just destroy him. So many uh, stories, you know. I was telling can I can I tell my pot story? Oh yeah, it's four twenty. We're taping this on four twenty, so perfect uh, time for a pot it, story. It, w- it would be an honor, Larry. Well, the reason I'm thinking about this is because we I was telling these guys on the 18th holiday day, we had a pro-am, and I said, I've never smoked pot in my life. And I said, except one time. And it was at the Willie Nelson 4th of July uh, party that he threw. Willie invited me, and I got there, and there's $2,500 waiting for me on the bus. And I said, I don't know what his money. I'm honored to be a part of this whole thing. Well, he says, well, go. Give it back to him yourself. He's on the bus, so I'm all nervous. I walk over, I knock on Willie Wilson's bus, and the door opens up. This billow of smoke comes out <laughs> like they just elected, you know, two popes or something. And <laughs> all I hear through the door is, well, get her done, Larry. Uh, right? I'm like, what the hell is Christmas? <laughs> I'm like, holy mackerel, that's Christmas stuff. And I walk on there, there's Ray Price. And I'm like, oh, my country heroes, this is the greatest thing. So Willie comes out. Of course, he hands me a joint right right off the bat. And I'm like, well, I look at him and say, Willie, I don't smoke pot. I have never have, but I'll do it with you for the story. So I do this. I don't even know if I know what I'm doing. And I'm on this bus passing a thing around to all my honky-tonk heroes. <laughs> Now I'm getting sick. I'm getting nauseous. I'm, I think I, I'm like getting paranoid. It's like, oh, the cops going to walk in. I'm going to go to jail. You know, that kind of thing. I'm going to die. My mom, Completely paranoid. You know, my mom's going to be mad at me because I died of drugs and willy <laughs> So some guy walks in. He goes, Larry, you got five minutes. And I go, okay. And Willie Nelson goes, you're going on stage in five minutes? I said, I guess. <laughs> One of the greatest moments of 
my career just because they're so famous and heroes of mine. Willie Nelson looks at Ray Price and he goes, come on, Ray, we got to go out and watch this disaster. (laughs) (laughs) How did it go? How did your set go? Were you, were you messing up your catchphrase or how did I don't remember much of it. I do know I was funny. I do know that. (laughs) But anyway, I just, fresh off the course. I remember that. I had to tell you that. Oh yeah. That's a, that's an all timer. And yeah, I mean, that's a weird introduction to weed. You're hanging out with all your country heroes. No <laughs> wonder you, you would be paranoid. Cause you're like, am I living in a dream? I'm hanging out with Willie Nelson. It was so bizarre. So uh, you're saying, that's are you kidding me? <laughs> you're, you're, you're predicting uh, the corn Huskers eight wins possible bowl game. Correct. I do think so. That is my honest opinion. Of course, last year I said nine wins. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes, but I, I think so. I will say though, the only thing, the portal, I don't like the portal. Cause I remember back when, when they didn't do that, you know, and you had the guys for four years and they were faithful to the school and they were playing for the school and the, for the N it doesn't seem like these guys are playing for the N anymore. They're just playing to get to the next level. And it kind of takes away a little bit, I think from the, just from the fandom, you know, this is your team and you have a history and I think it takes away a little bit of that. If you don't think you're going to play and then you bolt and go somewhere else, you know, that's why I like that. Uh, oh man, I can't, you guys got me on the spot. I can't remember his name, but the quarterback that started for us uh, against Iowa, you remember uh, he was the backup to Martinez uh, from Alabama, that kid. Don- oh yeah really killing me. I can't think of his name, but this is why I like that kid. They got all these transfers coming in and one from Texas and the guy from Florida state. This is what I like. He stayed faithful to the school. He didn't transfer out. He loves Nebraska and he wants to compete. So I hope, I actually hope he wins his starting role, you know, cause he's faithful because he's faithful to the red end. Yeah. And what do you, what do you think the solution is as far as the transfer portal? What do, what do they do to get kids just completely eliminated? You know what it is? No, but it's this whole nil and all that. It's literally, it's, it's like, uh, it's like arbitration without, without managers. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just go here. They'll offer you this and they'll give you that. And they'll give you that. I mean, look at Texas A&M where they dump 30 million to get a team. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And it's, there is no organization with it. I think is what's really upsetting fans where you, you, to your point where like you invest in these players and then all of a sudden they're gone two years later or a year later. And you know, that's, what's the whole fun about college sports is, you know, and you saw the issues with basketball one and done's and it kind of ate away at the sport a little bit. It's fun to see, you know, a kid come in as a freshman and then work his way. And then, you know, that senior year is special and you kind of connect with the class. It's so a relationship. I, I agree that's yeah. missing. And it's like, it's like in the nineties when Nebraska was the Alabama of the nineties, you know, it's like those kids, a lot of those guys that played for us played eight man football and six man football at Nebraska. A lot of your linemen, a lot of, those kids, man, they, you knew they were just going to run through a wall just because they had an N on their helmet. You know, it just seems like, it seems like with the whole nil and all the transfer portals, we've kind of lost a lot of that. And that was some of the fun about college football, but I get it. Uh, you know, time's change and it is what it is, but I, I, I like it when they uh, stay because they love the school and they love the tradition of the football team rather than it's all about me. 
Yeah, you look it up. They spell team with two eyes now, Larry. So you got to watch out in college. <laughs> exactly. I, I still love it though, but it's that's a little discouraging watching all that kind of stuff happen. I mean, look at Nebraska's uh, basketball team. We've got our basketball team. We're trying to get a good. Freddie Hoiberg is an unbelievably great yeah. coach. But everybody comes in for one year and then they leave. They come in for one year and then they leave. I mean, if it would have been like it been in the old days, you know, Freddie Hoiberg would have had three guys on his team this year, four guys on his team right, that are in the NBA. They would have all been on the same team. But, you know, yeah. you, two years later, he's gone. He had another guy. He's gone. It's Well, you, know. you, you saw with the uh, Peacocks, they made that crazy run, got to the Sweet 16, won a, won a Sweet 16, first time a 15 seed ever did that. And then immediately after that year, the, the kids are transferring out because they want a better opportunity. But how fun would that be for that super small school to kind of, you know, have a have a chance to run it back and make another run? Absolutely. Now I will say I like it for golf, the nil for golf, because, you know, I was going to go play another tournament. I got a hundred grand to play the club course. So I came here. (laughs) Oh man. Well, taking care of you there. (laughs) So see, that's the thing at the end of the day, you know, if one comedy club's offering you, you know, a hundred grand, the other one says, Hey, we'll pay you 2,500, but you got to do it for the love of the comedy club. It's a little harder. right? Where's your loyalty, Larry? I'm the only celebrity golfer that has the nil program. <laughs> well, I, I, I not getting a dime. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I saw John Daly, he who's playing in the Club Corp uh, Classic as well. You can check it out on the Golf Channel this weekend. His son actually, I think it was the first uh, NIL deal for golf involving Hooters, his son, who, uh, John Daly, the second, who looks like a spitting image of his father actually is now sponsored by Hooters. <laughs> hey, you know what? Those are, if you can get those deals and get those deals, you know? <laughs> I can only imagine a, a young, uh, you know, Larry, the cable guy getting a Hooters endorsement deal for his golfing must've been, it's gotta be pretty thrilling. I would have been going for the same thing that Daly's kids going for. Actually. <laughs> yeah, just just there for the food, Larry. I have to ask this question now. Your your name about Hooters though that the surroundings makes the food taste better. I don't know why that is. <laughs> it's the ambiance, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask this question. Your your name is Larry the Cable Guy. Are you ever concerned with all the cord cutting going on in the country that at some point you'll have to change your name to Larry the streaming service guy, Larry the Hulu installer? What what are you worried about the uh, the future of the cable guy industry? No, I'm not worried about. It. I told you know what though. I don't know why they don't do it. I keep telling Directv, you want to get somebody to do commercials for you, get me. Yeah. Cable guy has switched to Directv. I mean, what a perfect commercial. They're missing. <laughs> They're leaving money on the table. Yeah. Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, call up Larry, the cable guy. I saw Netflix is in trouble a bit and they should just say, Hey, I made the switch. I got rid of cable. Now I'm Larry, the Netflix guy. It's the perfect commercial. Uh, I mean, there's no better person made for a commercial than me and direct TV commercials, but they don't do it. They don't do it. I'm too controversial, I guess. No. That's that's I'm too controversial, but yet Snoop Dogg's doing twelve different uh, <laughs> You got it, you got it. We gotta get you a show with Martha Stewart. That helps your image. <laughs> <I'm> right. <laughs> then then everyone will advertise with you. Yeah. All right. 
Well, Larry, again, appreciate the time. Best of luck at the Club Corp Classic. Watch Larry and all the awesome celebrities and uh, former pros this weekend on the Golf Channel, Friday to Sunday. Give Larry a follow on Twitter at Get Her Done. Larry, Larry, thanks so much, man. Appreciate the time as always. Always appreciate you guys having me on and and the club core, man, this is brand new. They've done such an awesome job and we, it is such a good time. If you're, if you're in the area down here, come on by and check us out, check out the, the, the guys, the senior tour, unbelievable. I mean, it's great golf. So come on out and see us. Come on and hang out with Larry. Don't challenge him to arm wrestling uh, unless you're ready to have your arm broken. (laughs) I'm going to leg wrestling now. Let's go. All right. Thanks Larry. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Awesome talking to uh, Larry, the streaming guy. And uh, while we're while we're here taking a quick break, want to shout out Sleeper. You already use Sleeper for your fantasy football league, but you do you know you can make cold hard cash taking over under on Sleeper. That's right, over under on your favorite player props for the uh, baseball, MLB. Perfect to get some extra action in the basketball playoffs. You can. Uh, uh, you can win as much as two X or 20 X again, download the sleeper app, use our promo code SGP. You get a hundred percent deposit up to $100. That's right. Download sleeper, click on the over under game, use our promo code SGP, hundred percent deposit match up to $100. And again, really good pricing on some of these. The three teamer is up to plus six fifty, So good price there. Make sure you check out our buddies over at Sleeper. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Ryan, how are you feeling? How is Athletic Greens and AG1 been treating you? Oh, uh, it's been amazing. Uh, I, I I still owe the social media world a slow motion of me getting my AG1 prepared in the it's morning. Shaker bottle, come on! Now that we're on day, I don't. Are we two weeks in yet, Sean? I feel like time's flying. It's been at least a couple weeks, and I got to be honest. I don't I don't exactly know what an adaptogen is, but I feel no. like I I as a human, I'm adapting and evolving. Yes, S- soy exactly. boy's feeling better than he ever has. No back pain here. No, AG one has been, uh, I've always had stomach issues. I do feel like the AG one has been helping me again. Not only is it super healthy for you, but the taste is really good. I, I think you'll be surprised at how easy it goes down and how you look forward to uh, your AG one every morning, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogen 7,000 five-star reviews, better sleep quality and recovery. And to make it easy, athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. That's athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Joining us on the line, NFL kicker for the San Francisco 49ers and a celebrity golfer at the Club Corp Classic this weekend, Friday to Sunday on the Golf Channel, Mr. Robbie Gold. What's happening, Robbie? What's up, guys? How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I, you know, I've been a fan cause I, I was actually at Penn state the uh, same years you were starting. You started at what? 2001. Yeah. 2001 to 2005. We are, we are Penn state. Let's go. Uh, you know, I always wondered you're good at golf. You're good at kicking. Is it, is it just a hand eye coordination thing? Yeah. I think it's also a little bit similar to, to field goal kicking. Right. So for me, it's awesome to be able to go out and just kind of get away from football, but 
you're trying to pick a line, you're trying to read the right, the left, left to right wins, same thing with putts. So uh, it's kind of fun to be able to go work on the mental part of uh, kicking when my golf game is going all over the place. So uh, trick shots galore for me, right? Yeah, but I saw you. Uh, I, I saw I saw a video on the internet of you breaking your club on a trick shot. What happened there? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it, they were flipping it up with a wedge, and then uh, they're like, "Just swing as hard as you can." You know, Joe Carter was around, so it's always nice when you have a World Series longtime should be Hall of Fame baseball player teaching how to swing a, a club like a baseball bat, right? So, got kind of lucky. You know, got a little roper about uh, left center, which is nice, and um, might be a great one of my greatest athletic accomplishments of all time. <laughs> uh, you know, the, talking about the hand-eye coordination and Penn State, you're good at golf, good at kicking. How good were you at beer pong? Because I feel like a lot of that <laughs> translates uh, similar. You know, you have a little warm up, you got a nice release, good follow through. Yeah. We like to play a lot of, you know, just keep the doors closed, keep the wind down a little bit, you know, focus <laughs> on, you know, just a little left and right upright. You know, you, you talk about the wind, uh, of course you had, you had some clutch kicks for the 49ers in Lambo. What, what's it like kicking in a, in a, just a weather environment like Lambo? Well, it was a uh, negative degree. So it was a little colder than I'm used to now that I'm playing in San Francisco. I think the coldest game we've played in was like 35, maybe 40 degrees. Uh, so it was definitely cold as, you know, the snow made it a little more difficult Tabor pepper and, and Mitch and all the guys who snap, hold, kick block did awesome. And then obviously we didn't score an offensive touchdown. So to be able to go out there and win a game, not doing that, uh, moving the ball as well as we did play as well as we did on special teams after the week we, we had before that, uh, kind of gave up a block punt or a fake punt and got them back in the game. So it was nice to rebound, but you know, I think that's why Aaron Rodgers isn't here at the club core classic. I don't know if he's ready to give me a hug yet or not. So, uh, yeah, I Aaron. like that. Do you guys, you guys celebrate again. I had, I had you guys on the money line. So I was also oh, yeah. uh, celebrating that victory. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you very much. Um, well, well, real quick, Sean, I got to ask, yes. we always hear about the, you know, Oh, he was kicking this direction preseason and he went to the coach and said, I'm good from this. Like, how real is that? Like on a bad weather day, do you go directly to the head coach and say, coach, I'm good from 52. Yeah, we have a game plan going into it, but that game plan can change. I mean, obviously we're downwind there, but um, you know, in pregame, you're pretty amped up. You're not like as amped up as you are in a regular game. So we thought it was like 56, maybe. Uh, but here we are in a tie ball game. You're trying to give Aaron Rodgers the ball back for 56 seconds, I think it was, and we're gonna try to hit maybe a 56 yarder. Kyle calls a, a good play, you know, a couple guys make an awesome play to get a first down and gets us to, you know, 45 yards. Um, I think the big thing in weather like that, where it's snowing and it's windy, you want to make sure you get in the, the right place um, on the field. So one for footing and then two, just because of the wind. Yeah, no, totally. Now, now Kyle Shanahan, he's, he's known for kind of having creative play calling, using guys in, in different spots. Is there anything in the playbook and, and maybe don't reveal too much, but of you maybe throwing the ball, maybe like a read option on a fake field goal. What, uh, what, what else do you bring to the 49ers skill set wise? Besides well, I think kicking? It's be Trent Williams and Robbie gold running the uh, around uh, play like they did it against green Bay. It's going to be him leading the way. And it's just going to be speed bumping off of him. So <laughs> you guys will enjoy it. I think it'll be great. It'll be the silverback versus the, the little, little skinny kicker. 
Oh yeah. You get, I mean, you get Trent Williams in front of you as a lead blocker. I feel like a lot of guys could pick up some yards behind him. We're just a great wedge. I mean, both of us have size, muscle, you know, speed, <laughs> all, all the things you need, you know, to play, play, play my position. Yeah. You know, they got rid of the fullback, but you know, Robbie, Robbie's old school. He can, he can double as a fullback in there, you know, bust up some wedges. I got to say though, as far as kickers, you, you, you've cornered the market in uh, the most swag when it comes to warming up because all these videos go viral of you warming up kicking when the other team's right there and you're just cold blooded. You have, you look like a robot out there dialed into your routine, kicking right around player introductions, whatever walk us through the, the mindset. Is it, do you just go, Hey, I need to warm up. I'm allowed to warm up at, at this time. I'm going to do it. Well, I'm not really sure how this became viral because in the, the Dallas game, when it first went, the cheerleaders are going down both hashes, you know, there was no one around me. And the next thing you know, they start coming, the cheerleaders start coming down both hashes to exit. I, I was better off kicking in the middle of the hash where I was having been there for five minutes. Um, and then they came stomping through and I was like, I'm just going to kick. If I hit them, I got to retire, you know? So um, and then, uh, green Bay, that wasn't that big of a deal. It made bigger of a deal about it because of Dallas. And then the one in LA I did on purpose. I mean, we were warming up at halftime and the guys were coming out on kickoff return and they were just walking. Like I was literally kicking and they were walking across and I just didn't stop. Like, you know, it's no regard for it. Now they have what I wanted as super Bowl ring, but, uh, I didn't care if I hit them. That was the only one that I would tell you that I would, I'll take fully credit for anything going viral on my warm up routine, but usually I'm pretty good about staying away from everybody. I like that. Stand your ground, respect the kicker. I mean, as a youth soccer coach myself, we're each entitled to one half of that warm up. If you, if you're going to huddle right by midfield, you're be, you bet your ass. I'm going to be running drills right there. So I love, I love the mocks. Very Mike Dicka of you, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, very Mike Dicka. I, I'm somewhere between Ted Lasso and Mike Dicka on the youth soccer pitch. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting combination. Uh, now you, you mentioned Dicka, of course, all time bear, but I, I would actually, uh, you know, I, I think you certainly deserve to be in the running for all-time bears because you're, you are still the active points leader for the Chicago bears. I know all my, all my uh, bear fan, uh, you know, listeners were just like, Hey, you have to ask Robbie about his time at the Bears." So what, what, what did it mean starting your career there? And, and just your connection to that franchise? Well, I, first of all, I mean, you're always thankful to get a start somewhere. You know, the, the bears gave me an opportunity. It was supposed to be a three week stint, you know, kicking short field those extra points and uh, that turned into an 11 year career where, you know, I've had uh, a couple sons born in the city of Chicago. You know, I kind of grew up there as a, as a player, uh, obviously playing there for 11 years. And then, you know, going back and we beat them on five field goals uh, after I leave. And, and then obviously the green Bay game. So for me, the city and the fans mean a lot, um, no matter where I've gone or where I've played, they, they've always been cheering me on or, you know, sending me some nice messages on social media, you know, that we've been in two NFC championships in the last three years. And I probably get a, a lot of bear fans commenting like, Hey, we're rooting for you and cheering for you to go win a super bowl, which is, which is pretty unique, but it also speaks to the level of, you know, what that fan base, um, I think means to me, but also what I mean to them. Yeah, no, all time, all time fan base. And it feels like some of the some of the Green Bay hatred that you had while you were a bear carried over to now you as a 49er. Is that true? Did it kind of hang around the the rivalry? Yeah, I think I've played them almost 17 times. And uh, you know, obviously 
or 17 years. I've probably played them over 30 times, but you know, I think the hard part is, is, you know, there's certain games that you just don't like Seattle's one of them. Uh, you know, I, it's always been that way. I don't know why, but now playing in the division with the 49ers, Green Bay carries the same kind of weight. Um, but yeah, anytime you go out there and you play playing Aaron Rodgers and some of these great quarterbacks, you know, it's going to be a battle. And as a kicker, you know, we know it's going to come down to a field goal probably. So it's going to be an extra point or a field goal that's missed that separates the game. And, um, you know, it's a difference between a coach getting fired or you making the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, it's 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 insane how how much kickers obviously can swing a game with with the kick at the end of the at the end of the game and how much kind of hangs on to the season, the the, the players, uh, even the franchise. It's it's pretty crazy. You know, as an Eagles fan, I was certainly glad so it was you. I am so sorry for you. <laughs> well, I was going to say I I was certainly I'm glad I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> uh, I was going to say I'm certainly glad it wasn't you lining up uh, again when we played the Bears and there's the infamous double doink. So not to throw a uh, Cody Parkey under the bus, but I'm glad that he was out there and not you for that double doink game. Yeah, we were at the game. I took my two uh, two kids there and uh, kind of showed them like their first real bear game with dad. It's my first spectator game too. So wow. So now um, now that's I feel like I didn't know this before. I almost feel like maybe you uh you threw a little extra breeze into that kick. The the curse <laughs> well, of, of letting Robbie Gold go go uh maybe came back to haunt him there. It's a fraternity, you know, you don't wish your will upon anyone, but you know, I think the unique part about being able to go back there is, you know, I've never other than a couple of Super Bowls, I've never been a spectator at any game. So to be there with my kids in the stands and, and being able to watch it, you know, you're still rooting for the bears, even though they caught you two years earlier, three years earlier. So, um, but yeah, hey. they went from, they went from cutting Robbie Gould to holding open auditions to see if uh, someone could <laughs> hit a 37 yarder at a bar there. Um, Robbie, I, I got to ask, you know, for this club Corp classic, I, we had a uh, Larry, the cable guy on, and he was talking about wanting to beat the other comedians. Are there other athletes, other celebrities that you're, you're kind of judging yourself? Like, Hey, if I beat him, I'm going to feel happy. You know, I, I, I'm just here to have fun. You know, I think what club Corp's doing uh, with Choctaw casino resort, I mean, to be able to put this on for their first annual champions tour event, get this group of celebrities to come out and VIPs to play and then be able to meet their sponsors over the last couple of days. I mean, everybody, every company you could possibly think of in the golf community is here and um, just happy to get the invite. And, you know, I haven't played in six months. I left uh, California, came to Chicago and it snowed the Monday after Easter. So uh, I'm just happy I'm getting 80 degree weather. Now you guys can turn down the fan for me here. It's about 40 mile per hour winds. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather golf in that than kicking it for sure. Yeah, that's and and do you have a um, is is with kicking and golf? Is there a similar kind of? I, I guess you would call it swing thoughts. Like you have a mental thing you go through before you either hit the kick or or swing the club. Yeah, it's the same thing. You know, you go behind the ball, you try to pick out a spot, uh, you take your steps back, try to find a tempo and a rhythm, and then uh, you know you're judging the wind right to left or left to right to think how far you're going to play it, and then obviously everything's tempo for me. Everything's, you know, just have a smooth swing, slow it down. Um, but I think, you know, the best part about it is I learn more from golf and take it into my kicking than I do my kicking, bring it into my golf game. So, uh, hopefully I can channel some of that kicking this, this weekend. Cause I'm going to need it. Cause I've been all <laughs> over the place. 
You've been uh, you've been spraying a little left and right. Um, now now talking about the 49ers going into this season, obviously you guys got to the NFC Championship, had the lead there for a little bit, ended up uh, losing unfortunately to the Rams. Thanks for bringing that back up. No, seriously. <laughs> thanks for thanks for the I'm sure you're it's over fresh. It. It's still fresh. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> so it does feel like that's the that's the you had an awesome career. It does seem like oh, the, thank you. No, seriously. No, thanks. Thanks for rebounding there. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm an Eagles fan. I got watching the Super Bowl from your from your couch. That was great. Thanks for asking. No, just <laughs> it's a great um, view. We we also watched it from the couch this year. Yeah, super comfortable. Highly <laughs> recommend the experience. Uh, now, a couple of years ago, um, as far as like offseason stuff, a couple of years ago, you had requested a trade from the 49ers. They didn't end up trading you. Smart move by them. And then you ended up re-signing. You you guys kind of worked things out. Walk it, walk us through that process. And you know, did things, was there ever any sort of like tension with management? You got, I mean, you resigned, but walk us through that process. Well, I think any player is looking to get compensated the way that they deserve to be compensated. When I played my first two years in San Francisco, I made 96% of my field goals, right. Which is yeah. the highest in franchise history. You know, nobody wants to play under a franchise tag. You know, you want more security than the one year and they didn't do anything that they weren't supposed allowed to, you know what I mean? They didn't do anything that was outside the CBA and I didn't do anything that wasn't outside the CBA either. You know, there's just a strategy that goes into play for both uh, the organization and, and the player. Uh, you'll see that kind of the whole way across the board from Debo now in our locker room to uh, Devonte Adams, you know, Aaron Rodgers. you can kind of go through the list of guys and agents and players have a strategy in order to try to figure out how to put pressure on an organization to, to get a deal done. But at the end of the day, we were able to come to an agreement. It just took till the very last minute to do it. Um, but it's been awesome to be a 49er. I've enjoyed my time there and the York family is incredible to work for. I mean, anything you need, anything you want, they give you. Uh, so they give you everything you need to be successful. And that's what why they've been so successful and winning so many championships, but also being right there at the end a lot. I mean, we've been, like I said, they've probably been in four NFC championships or more probably in the last 10 years. You know, it's, it's pretty so good. When you in the locker room, when you see another guy request a trade um, from the team, I would imagine guys in the locker room don't take it personally. Cause they just see it as like, Hey, he's using whatever leverage he can against the ownership. Well, no, I think a lot of it comes down to you've probably been there as a player in negotiations, right? An organization's meant to tell you how bad you are, no matter how much they yeah. love you during the year. You know, that's just the way it is. And no team wants to set a market for a player at any position. So, you know, they'll do whatever they can, their power to try to string it along as much as possible and frustrate you. But, you know, there's not a whole lot that can frustrate me at, at 39 years old. You know what I mean? Uh, I've seen most of it. The only thing I haven't done is been traded, um, but we've been under the franchise tag a couple of times and managed to get deals done. It's just, you know, got to find a common ground and, you know, you got to get to the table and try to have those discussions. Unfortunately, in my situation, we just didn't have those very much after the franchise tag happened because, you know, I tell my agent, don't bother me unless you have something concrete. So until Probably, I was actually at the American Century Championship. I'll never forget. I was on the 18th fairway negotiating a deal with Trent Dilfer. Was in the middle of the fairway with me. So, uh, <laughs> do you do you like ask Trent for advice or your caddy? Like, hey, they're saying three and a half guaranteed. Should I hold out? What do you think, Trent? You no, know, Trent was a big part of why my deal got done in San Francisco. Um, oh, really? I had no idea. 
uh, you know, the relationship he had with John Lynch and, you know, he had asked me some questions. I gave him some very candid answers and, uh, you know, we were, I love Trent to death. I think he's one of the best people I've ever been a part of around and, you know, thankfully Trent was there to, to kind of mediate some of that too. He was awesome. Wow. That's yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, it's interesting for pro sports. You don't think like a personal recommendation makes a huge difference, but it's a uh, relationship I, business, Sean. Exactly. That's the, uh, and, and that's the, uh, coach replace coming. him. You call me, I got you covered. You know what I mean? I got you covered. <laughs> and just to kind of follow up on, on the, the, the Niners locker room. I mean, I think Sean and I maybe need to be convinced a little bit, but I think the, the, the general Niners fan base seems very excited. How excited should we be for Trey Lance? Well, I think he should be really excited. I think the athleticism that he brings uh, to the table, I think the ability to sit behind Jimmy G for a year has, has given him the ability to learn the offense, but it's also given him the ability to kind of see what it's like to prepare uh, for games on a weekly basis. Uh, he also has a rapport with, the players now, because most of the guys will be back on offense. Um, you know, so listen, who knows what's going to happen down the road? You know, it's one day you think something's going to happen and the next thing, you know, it doesn't happen. So Ryan, Ryan was trying to get us, uh, get you to give us some insight on who's going to be the day one starter <laughs> so we can make a big wager on it. But sounds yeah. like you're going to keep that close to the vest. I'm a well, pro let's put it to you this way. They, they started uh, Tuesday. I'm here playing golf right now. So I got to, <laughs> I, I, my boss has let me off the hook. I, I'm not throwing them under the bus anytime soon. Breaking <laughs> right, news. Yeah. Robbie gold is not attending voluntary workouts with yeah, the there you go. 49ers. We, we, we can big wager that I know that for sure is a winner. That's great. Is it, is it true to do kickers and punters? Do you guys play as much golf? You always hear these stories of like, Hey, they don't really practice that much. And they're, they're out golfing a bunch while we're doing the real football stuff. I feel like, is that, is that how it is now? Or is that more of an old school thing? You know, it doesn't happen as much. I think schedules are now more condensed, but as Trent Dilford say, we're just a bunch of online shoppers. That was probably happening more now than, than the actual golfing. So, um, although Trent's probably shopping right now, buying a new pair of shoes, sit on the sidelines. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's nice to have some of that downtime, but you know, the cool thing about being a specialist in the NFL is you get to talk to everybody. You get to be around every, every group. It's not like you're just stuck in a DB room all day long. So uh, it's kind of unique to be able to be around everybody uh, coaches and staff included in that category. Yeah, that's all. I, one, one final question, Robbie, and uh, you're the first uh, kicker we've had on the program professional. Ryan, Ryan's done some amateur stuff. We had a, we had a big argument going on the podcast of whether or not Ryan could hit a 47 yard field goal. Uh, we had t- we were able to get out on a giant stadium and he, I think he attempted a 37 yarder. It, it was Couldn't cold. F- I didn't get to stretch. Uh, I had the distance <laughs> missed a little bit to the right. Let it, let it slide. Right. So uh, I'll be back. Uh, you know what? The winds there are pretty brutal too. So kick whatever end zone you're kicking in, kick the other way. <laughs> I appreciate that, Robbie. I appreciate the swirling that. winds. Is it is it true that the NFL or just you know professional kicking in general, which would be mostly the NFL, uh, <laughs> that they they don't want left-footed kickers? Like the idea of a professional left-footed kicker. I was trying to rack my brain to think of uh, some famous left-footed kickers, and I was really struggling. Is that something that they're just totally against? Because you have to it messes up the rest of the special teams. No, I think it's, it's hard. I mean, Sebastian Janikowski is one of the greatest to do it, obviously. 
you know, Georgia Tavecchio is another kid that played recently. Justin Medlock went up, uh, played in Canada as well. Um, you know, I think the hard part is, is a lot of holders have to learn how to then catch the ball both directions, right? So most kickers in the NFL are right-footed. So it's hard to get a left-footed kicker to come in and replace somebody unless that person has had experience holding for a left-footed kicker. So, you know, I think as a left-footed kicker, there's a lot of guys who are really, really talented and deserve to be in the NFL. It's just a matter of can the holder hold for a left-footed kicker. And I think that's the biggest, uh, I'll say period of entry, right? For, For those guys to get in and stay in. Oh yeah, totally. No, that makes sense. Well, Robbie, appreciate uh, appreciate coming on. Appreciate your time. Uh, good luck with the Club Corp Classic on the Golf Channel Friday to Sunday. What can we get a round prediction for you? What do you What do you end up shooting? I don't know. I'll probably be low eighties. Hopefully, uh, I'm gonna try to make a lot of pars uh, and hopefully keeps my score low. Maybe a few birdies. We'll see. But uh, excited to be out here. Excited to be on the show with you guys. Uh, Rye, if you need a replacement after the Super Bowl comment, I'm your guy. All right. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah. Look forward to the Sports Gambling Podcast hosted by Ryan Kramer and Robbie Gold. Oh, I love it. Uh, thanks, Robbie. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Looking forward to that. Uh, Robbie Gold, Ryan Kramer podcast coming to you soon. You're on the internet. You're browsing. Hey, what, what are you up to? Hey, it's none of my business. You don't have to tell me, but you may be telling people you don't want to tell, AKA your ISP, hackers, advertisers, whoever it is. You want your internet action to be safe, secure, and protected. And you can do that all with IP Vanish, the official VPN of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network. We use it over on our God's Eye uh, viewing device. You can use it on your Fire Stick. Best thing about IP Vanish, unlimited devices, and it doesn't slow down your browsing. Highly recommend you uh, you locking up your internet activity. IPVanish.com slash SGP. You can get 70% off their yearly plan and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Getting like nine months free. I, I don't know how they do this, but IPVanish.com slash SGP. 70% off their yearly plan. Get your VPN and, and get it running there. Stable Duel, of course, uh, looking a lot of action going on. MLB basketball, we can always use a little bonus action. That's where stable duel comes to play. You can win as much as $15,000 with uh, one entry. It's it's horse racing DFS. It's simplified. You don't know anything about horses. Don't worry at the, uh, the app gives you a bunch of data. We have a bunch of uh, free picks and information over at sports podcast.com and in our Slack channel, help you get started. Uh, you can also play the free games or the paid games all over at stable See how many winners you can pick in your stable. I'll see you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. And of course, as always, our good buddies over at propswap.com. Use that promo code SGP. Get that instant deposit bonus up to $500. Perfect time to be buying and selling some futures when it comes to the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. Maybe you got the uh, Sixers to win the series. Got a nice juicy price. It's 3-0. Maybe you're a little worried they, they would unravel. They're not going to, but if you want to hedge it, uh, perfect time to hedge. Or if you're looking to buy, you can buy as well. Buy and sell real sports bets. Perfect way to uh, find the best price on your hedge. And if you use the promo code SGP, PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. Joining us on the line here, World Series champion Kevin Millar. Kevin, uh, thanks for coming on the program. Well, thanks for having me. 
That's gotta be a, that's gonna be awesome. Right. Every time you get introduced, you're reminded of the fact that you won a world series. Yeah. That, well, no, it's reminded of the fact that I was David Ortiz's teammate and <laughs> Martinez and Kurt Schilling and yeah, Manny Ramirez. So that was just lucky to be on that team. Cause I stunk as a player, but I was just on their team. So yeah. Thank you boys. <laughs> well, Hey, you know, you guys, you had a, you had a heck of a run with the red Sox, 2003, 2005, uh, a bunch of great uh, players you played with. Is there one teammate of those that really stood out that you really got along with or, or had some great, great memories? You know, big poppy. Uh, we, you know, we all came over there in 2003 as non-tender players. And it was pretty awesome because this guy got non-tendered by the Minnesota twins and people forget that. And uh, so, you know, myself with the Marlins, we had Todd Walker was with the reds and, you know, Jeremy Jumby rest his soul. Uh, you know, came over from Oakland. So we had a bunch of guys, Billy Miller from the Cubs that was non-tendered because he had a broken kneecap the year before and then wins the batting title in 2003 for the uh, Boston Red Sox. And people forget about that, hit ninth for us. So we had a lot of non-tenders, a lot of dudes that the kind of people that know who they were. And it was so cool to kind of see this group kind of go together. And Big Poppy was a part of that. And we got close in the talks and you know, following Manny Ramirez around, he was able to kind of put it into play. I was trying to be Manny Ramirez and I couldn't quite put the play. I dropped off <laughs> short with my play, but it was, uh, we had such a great group of dudes. And I think that's what I always say is we had, uh, we weren't the best players, but we were the best team. Yeah, no, I mean, it, especially just as an outsider, it did feel like that team had a certain mojo to it. And I, and I think you would kind of need that mojo to really get through the, to, to break the curse, to kind of get over that mental hump in the playoffs, especially. Yeah. You know, you come in there and you hear about this rivalry. It's like, Hey, oh, the Red Sox Yankees rivalry. Oh my God. It's so good. I'm thinking, no, no, this isn't a rivalry. This is an ass whooping. They got 27 rings <laughs> and we got zero. So it was our time to kind of change this culture. And that was kind of the way I thought about it. I was like, man, this is not a rivalry. I mean, Jeter's got a ton of rings and they're tall and rich and we're not tall. We're not rich. We're bad bodies. You might see us at the local bar at the game, but it was a culture to create. It was a team that was like perfect for the city of Boston because Bellhorn, Bill Miller, Orlando Cabrera, Trot Nixon, Veritech, like these are names like, yeah, they're ball players. And I think it just, it didn't match up on paper, but it matched up on the field. And, and as a Yankee fan in that time, the guy, Trot Nixon and Veritech. And, and, we got Yankees here. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you, Kevin about to walk off, right? Though, though you guys were the guys who like, it, it was annoying. Like you were the annoying players, the gritty players. And I think with the combination, like you said of Ortiz, like I have a great memory of that Aaron Boone home run. And then I have an even yeah. greater memory of when it all came crashing down and the quote unquote, greatest rivalry in sports. That was really just my childhood watching the Yankees beat the Red Sox came crashing yeah. <laughs> down. And I think like, it's never like literally life changing moment. The rivalry quote unquote has never been the same. It's been an actual rivalry since then. And I, I think you guys kind of paved the way for the Red Sox to become an actual like big boy franchise in, in baseball. Yeah. It was like an underdog scene, right? You know, it was just the way it was. I mean, and I thought that that was, it was refreshing because like 93, once your team was knocked out, we kind of gravitated to the Morandini's and the John Crux and the Dave Hollins, the, the, the 93 Phillies. And I think the Red Sox in 04, we had that same feel. Once your team, if you weren't a Yankees fan, obviously, and my producers with the Texas talk, it's funny because they're all Yankee fans are like, 
dude, I hated you. I can't stand you. I couldn't stand you. And now you're a nice guy. I, I it almost makes you're me a hard mad. guy I, to hate. <laughs> I would rather not like you. And, you know, so it's funny because I, that that's the passion that you do love. And that's the rivalry part of it. But at the end of the day, Yankees dominated this rivalry. It was kind of like, how are the Red Sox going to lose? And, yeah. you know, fever pitch, they already had written that movie. How are the Red Sox going to lose? Well, next thing I look over and I got Drew Barrymore and uh, Jimmy Fallon over here. Like we won in 04. Hey boy, what are you guys doing? They had to rewrite the whole script. So it's an interesting dynamic, man. It made it. I think, I think for sure the rivalry we played in from then, Oh, three, four, five, there's nothing better. We fought, uh, you had the Don Zimmer stuff. You had the Gary Sheffield stuff. You had the A-Rod stuff, the Veritek and Bronson. And it, it, it's what it's about, right. As a fan. You you know you you kind of hit on Boston's the sports culture. I, I'm an Eagles fan. They always talk about, hey, Nick Foles never have to buy a drink at the town. Uh, you know, for the rest of his life. If you walk into a Red Sox bar these days, what's it like? I imagine everyone's buying your beer, reminiscent about the 2004 uh, championship, right? That's the cool thing. If I was smart, I would have stayed in Boston. I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I ended up tell him it'll be intentional talk, move it to Boston. I'm That's getting right. free drinks. I'm getting free meals. That's right. No, it's, you know, what's great. There's always a story. There really is like, you'll hear a story about a grandfather who might've passed, but he was awake and alive. The last you know moment you guys won, he's seen somebody, you know, ways the Red Sox lost you. you know, there's, there's a family history story. There's so much passion. And that's the thing. I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up a Dodger fan. I grew up, you know, listening to Vince Scully as a kid every day. And, uh, you know, I claim Texas now because 30 years in Texas, I've been there 20 years in LA. I, I, I'm a fake cowboy, but you don't realize the passion, the passion that the East coast has. And, and I have that kind of makeup. So it's like, it's one of those cities, like you got to have makeup type players to play in those situations, Philadelphia, New York, yeah. Boston, because it's not the good times, the good times, you're Aerosmith, right? Everybody's like, Hey, yeah, you went deep. Awesome. It's the bad times. And so I think it makes you tougher. It makes you respect 90 feet. It makes you run. It makes you hustle. And that's one thing fans appreciate. You know, I wasn't always good, but they appreciate the hard play. There was no like, tickle bunny. And I think you're allowed to go out there and fail, but you better do it playing hard. And that's where they keep you accountable. I think those cities, Yeah, yeah you, I mean, you piss you, off a fan base by not running hard to first base. Trust me. That it's the 100%. easiest way. Easiest way. hundred percent respect 90 feet. I still tell my kids I'll whoop their ass if they don't respect 90 feet. <laughs> you, you can't control results, but you can control playing the game hard, playing the game. Right. And part of that is respect the 90 feet. That's all I ask. I don't care if you're hitting 580 or 180, but just play hard. That's, yeah. that's the big deal. No, like and, that. Respect and, and, the 90 feet. Yeah. Respect the 90 feet. I'm going to start using that. that. Just tell, tell them that uncle Kevin gave you that because now you're a Red Sox fan. Oh, no. oh. Uh, you oh, know, I think by the blue Jays last night, oh. uh, we, you know, we're always like talking about stuff that can be done as far as, uh, you know, bringing young people into baseball and, you know, just growing the game. There was an interesting moment a couple of weeks ago, kind of went viral where Clayton Kershaw throwing a perfect game. And then, uh, you know, Dave Roberts takes him out as an announcer, as a former player. What do you, what do you think when you see something like that? I mean, I hated it because I'm a fan of the game and a perfect game is a whole different animal than a yeah. no hitter. So in my situation, you're looking at a guy and this is just me talking in my opinion, uh, Clayton Kershaw's made over 300 plus million dollars. It's okay. Go batter to batter. Go batter to batter. You know, if he blows out and his career's over, like you kind of go up there like it's the old, all right, I, I gave it the best I could. The big picture, I understand all the 
lingo and we need him if we're going to win the World Series and we're going to need him in the start. Does it matter? I've never understood it because each day is different. Our bodies feel different, correct? You wake up some days, you feel great. Some days you got a tight back. Some days you got to crank your neck. At the end of the day, 80 pitches at some days are tough. And some days, 125 pitches are okay. Yeah. I just don't understand. And, and I know this was a, you know, Clayton, let's be honest. He has some elbow issue, injury issues. He's thrown no more than 40 pitches in spring training. It was a shortened spring train. It's a different beast. It happens so early in the season. But at the end of the day, a perfect game. Can we go batter to batter just for fun? Just for yeah. fun. Like another seven pitches, 18 pitches, 28 pitches. Like, we're good. It's Clayton. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, these guys, you know, especially him, I, I know all the analytics, the, the injury recovery, that kind of stuff, but the guy is a peak athlete. If his <laughs> elbow starts hurting at 85 pitches, then take him out. Or if it's, you know, some crazy situation where he's up to like 110, 120 pitches. All right. Then maybe, but at 80 pitches, it's like, come oh, on, I, dude. I get guys calling me. They're like, dude, your boy Roberts took him out, man. I go, come out, get off Dave Roberts. Okay. This is an organization scene. Obviously the manager makes the decision, but you don't think that he's talked to Clayton too. If Clayton wanted to be in that game and said, absolutely not. He'd have been in that game. That's what I was. I was a uh, lot of stuff, right? You have the medical side of it with this, you know, his elbow coming back from that. I totally understand that, but it was like a perfect game. And then Austin Barnes, how about being the catcher to have a chance to catch the perfect game? Let's not worry about Clayton. Let's worry about maybe a Rolex that he gets to get from Clayton if the perfect game goes on. So maybe Clayton got in that anyways. Well, well, thanks Kevin. You also settled an argument between me and my wife. She's a huge Dodgers fan. And she, and I go, if Clayton Kershaw wanted to be out there, he could have told Dave Roberts to, you know, get off his mound and Dave Roberts wouldn't have done anything. She's like, no, he knows blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm telling you. And it, well, thank you, Kevin. I really, uh, I'm going to can't wait to get off this episode and, and explain to my wife how I was yeah. right. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'll just tell her you one. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, what about uh, you know, what about the uh the young players today? I mean, it is it does feel like as far as MLB, it's a great time for the league. There's a ton of young talent coming up and kind of making the game exciting. Who is on your radar as an analyst that you really like watching, that you're really rooting for as a former player? Bobby Witt Jr. I'm gonna tell you, I went to Royals Camp in Arizona this year, you know, a few weeks back and not, you know, it's not like I'm going on the limb. <clears throat> he was the first pick in the world. Uh, it, it, he is an unbelievable specimen to look at. But when you're talking about everybody's good these days, I mean, every pitcher six, four, they throw 102. But when you meet somebody that you knew that, you know, and that was raised right his mom and dad I, I, throws faster than everybody runs faster than everybody has more power than everybody can do everything on the baseball field better than everybody. Right. So he's like, got that Mike trout type scene, humble, soft-spoken. Yes, sir. And I said, your mom and dad have done a great job with you. He's like, well, you know, he's got three sisters. So, you know, they've kind of come in there and did a thing, but what a great kid. And every staff member, you know, John Mabry and I played together with the, uh, the Marlins. He's the hitting coach. He's like, bro, you got to come over here and see this kid take batting practice. And I did. It was when was blowing in. Sal Perez was in his lineup. Sal Perez got more pop than anybody right now going. He's just, he's found something. And I'm telling you, he's hitting a few home runs. And then all of a sudden, here comes Witt Jr. And like there's these five irons. They're just like, and it's a different sound. So let this game kind of get in his soul and it slow down at the big league level. I think you're going to see a star here for a lot of years. He is a good 
player and a good kid. Well, you mentioned the sound and that is, that is always one of the fun things about watching baseball live is, you know, when these hitters come up, I just went to the Rockies uh, Phillies game and, and to see Bryce Harper, the, the bat speed, if you're close, you can like hear that swing of the bat, not only the contact, but just the swing itself. And, and it's really an awesome part about going to the ballpark. Yeah. The young guys are so strong, man. I mean, they're so strong and they're like prodigies because they're specialized since they were young, right back when we played, it was like, you play football, basketball, baseball, you know, you played your 20 games in high school. Then you go on the next sport. These guys are like year round. I mean, I got, I got two dudes, I got four kids, but two of my boys, but I'm like, no, no, I think it's time to go in the lake and let's go tubing and let's go. They play it. It's nonstop. It's select. It's select. It's money. It's, it's a money play. It's, it's, it's this one. I'm like, what is going on? And they, you know, they were, well, now they're 15 and 16. They're freshmen and sophomore, but it is amazing. The specialized athletes we have these days. Like everybody is specialized and very strong and very good, but it's, they work on their craft, you know, and that's all they do. It's like a golfer. He's got a swing coach. He's on the driving range and they're going to hit four hours worth of seven hours where you and I would just go out there and be like, dude, give me a driver, a couple <laughs> swings, two putts. Let's go. What's the bet? You're yeah. speaking my language because I, the wife and I are, are really looking forward to July Fourth when we can finally be done with soccer tournaments for the spring. It's it's insane. Like I, I I certainly don't remember it even 20 years ago having this much and and you know who knows what the side effect becomes. But it's it's insane to see how good these kids can become by the age of 16, 17. Can I ask you a question? Well, at what point? Because I get yelled at by my wife. She's like, well, you know, we gotta go here. We gotta go here. We gotta go here. I'm like, no, I'm not going today. I'm just gonna chill. Just let me know how he does. At yep. what point do we have to go to every single game? Do you know how many games I played without my mom and dad? Cause they worked, they were divorced. One was working. One was working. Like, it's like, I'm like, these kids grow up in Pleasantville. Mom and dad are at every game. And there I am with my legs and there's Karen. And I'm thinking, dude, <laughs> you know, it's okay not to make every game. And by the way, they're like 45 minutes, an hour down the road. It's like, not like you're right around the corner, you know, in Texas, we drive like it's a big state. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no. I, I'll, I'll be in Temecula three of the next two week or three of the next four weekends. So I, I, I understand. I understand. Let's, let's, let, let's stamp this, Dad. We 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 can go once in a while. Yeah, yeah, or or you know, tied to some uh, you know incentive based agreement here. <laughs> hey, you guys get to the championship. I'm going to go to that game. You get to the playoffs. I'll go to the first half. But regular season, you, you got to see the win total go up. Uh, you guys got really got to take care of business if you want old Dad to show up these games. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, you got you got one going here and one down the same team. So of course you got. Oh yeah. I'm like, you know what? Dad's gonna be at the home games. Let's just make <laughs> yeah, this exactly. Easy. Just play some home games. You know, uh, Tom Brady, of course, another uh, Boston athlete. There got a ton of press. Obviously retired and then decided to come back at 45 years old. But I feel like not enough was uh, paid. To, not enough attention was paid to you returning back to the St. Paul Saints for one at bat at the age of 45. Walk us through that. Yeah, that was a cool day because it all started with, they asked me that about a bobblehead day, my, myself and Bill Murray, Bill Murray's a part owner of that team in St. Paul. So I said, they go, Hey, will you come up for your bobblehead? You know, this time I'm like, no problem. I go, I, I need to play though. You got, you got to let me play. Oh, you know, let me see if we can make this work. You know, it was kind of just kind of joking, but kind of not, but like, yeah, kind of joking, but not, but yeah, let's see. They call me back. Like, yep, we got you. We got you, you know, cleared. You could play and this, and that. So I hadn't hit in seven years, 38 years old. I got released by the Cubs in 2010, go up there. And, you know, I took five soft toss in my K in my 
garage with my kids before I flew out there, went golfing for nine holes, landed, went straight to field, hit some BP, didn't feel terrible, did not hit a ball out, tried to, didn't hit a home run in batting practice. But whatever, moving defensively, you feel old. I'm like, ah, that's where the age kind of hits you, you know, trying to move or throw to second. So I'm going to DH. The manager from the other team said that he had a problem with me playing the whole game. So my manager comes up and goes, I'm so sorry, Kevin. Uh, they, they said you can get one at bat. I'm like, tell that dude he wants this guy to play every inning because I'm old. Like, yeah. I haven't been hit seven years. Of course you. But during this playoff scene, they're trying like, all right, whatever. That's, you know, I'm cool. So I get up there and I had, we were facing a lefty and I asked the guys in the dugout, I go, should I swing first pitch? Should I just ambush? I mean, you haven't seen live pitching in seven years. And, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get up there, I'm going up there and he throws a slider and I actually saw it. I'm like, oh, it's kind of like riding a bike. Like I'm like, I took it. It, it was like, not like weird. And in one I'm thinking maybe he's throwing a change up because I was watching him kind of throw and he shook twice. I'm like, he's, he's throwing the heater. And literally I swung and I, I, I knew it was gone. I'm like, what just happened? I couldn't hit home runs when I was training to hit home runs, trying to hit home runs, playing the big. Now I'm dad. I look like Brett Favre, all white, bearded, running around Santa Claus. And it was the coolest thing ever, man. It really, it really was. Yeah. That's, take I take mean, that's that, Derek good. Jeter. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if Jeter's doing that at age uh, 45. All right, Kevin, before we let you go, what is, what's your goal for the club Corp classic? Do you have a number you're trying to hit? Do you have another celebrity you're trying to beat? What's, what's the goal for this weekend? Always try to beat Josh Beckett. Always try to be him. Uh, yeah. I, I, I showered with him when we were at the Marlins and so I've known Josh a long time. So he is an unbelievable golfer, but I love to kind of like position players and pitchers were different. We grind pitchers are playing once every fifth day. Right? Davis. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, no, it's fun. I need to finish ahead of him and I need to get in the teens. That's a goal for me because I can't stand being like 37th. Like just make some putts. Stop getting so nervous and just roll the rock. Like if you make it, you make it. If you miss, you miss. But you get so sick of leaving it short, trying not to three putt, then you three putt. Yep. That's it. It's all about, you know, just going up there. Like, like a good swing. You don't think about it too much. Just go up there, take a, oh. take a crack at the bat. Right. That's it. All right. Well, Kevin, appreciate you uh, calling into the show and uh, good luck this weekend. All right, boys. Appreciate you guys. All right. Thanks. Go socks. Thanks again, Kevin Millar, Robbie gold. And of course, LTC, AKA Larry, the cable guy, soon to be rebranded Larry, the streamer. Uh, thank you guys for checking out the podcast. Again, we got you covered for the NFL draft, tons of props, tons of picks, tons of live shows coming at you from Las Vegas, Wednesday to Saturday, maybe some win total episodes as well. Ryan, it's going to be awesome. Talking a ton of national football league. Drop us a follow on Twitter at Gambling Podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. Kramer, hit it. Thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. For the Sports Gambling Podcast, I'm Sean Stacking the Money Green. He is Ryan. Did someone say draft contest? Kramer, let it ride.